The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. We got Daryl running the solo tonight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a weekend I had. My sister retired as a PE coach, physical education teacher, 34 years. Man, and this this lady still looks like she's in her 30s. Trust me. And she's five years, no, excuse me, seven years older than I am. Patricia Robinson, my sister graduated from Florida State University and went on to be a PE coach, PE teacher. As a matter of fact, she coached the first fast pitch softball team in my community. And what an athlete this lady was, let me tell you. And, and she still is. She still outruns most all of the kids at her school still. Now she coached, she does teach elementary school, but hey, you talk about somebody in their late 50s outrunning kids that are 10 years old. That's not an easy task, but um, Pat was a, an exceptional athlete herself. She went to college on a, on a multi-athletic uh, scholarship, Lake City Community College, and she went on from there to go to Florida State and get her degree in, um, in education. Uh, at one point, um, she was, when she was married, well, she still is married to my brother-in-law for 36 years. And um, she was, I think it was four months, five months pregnant with my nephew, Chris. And at that point, she was still leading the city league in batting and runs scored in softball. This wasn't, a, this, she is an exceptional athlete. And she still looks very fit. Anyway, over the weekend, on, we, we had her retirement on Friday. Friday night, we all came over to my house. We had a big party. Had about 30 people here. And then on Saturday, we all met at the beach in one of my favorite spots over by Marineland um, in Palm Coast, Florida, Flagler Beach. Had a great time over there. Pitched a tent, had an umbrella up, uh, had some nice cold beverages, good food. Again, oh, we had a great time. But hey, let's get right into this sports. That's enough talking about this athletic family of mine and my sister bragging on her. And she was one of my role models growing up as an athlete, made me feel all good, wanted me to be a better athlete than her, which was very hard to do growing up. But hey, guys, hey, what's going on? What is going on with Shockey and Sap? Now, I know they don't like each other, but what's going on? What's going on with Shockey and Sap? You know, now, Shockey says that Sap bankruptcy papers were sent to his house. 
And, you know, then he got, he has to go on Twitter, Instagram, and all of that, and put my homeboy Sap business out on the street. You know, we know Sap going through some issues and some problems and some this and that. But, hey, you ain't have to put Sap business out there on the street. One, um, Jeremy Shockey opens up Sap's mail, take a picture of it, and post it on the, on the Internet. Now, Shockey, you're wrong for that on a whole lot of levels. You're wrong for that, Shockey, on a whole lot of levels. Now, for one thing, it's bad enough to, you know, do one of your form, your your Kane alumnus that way. That's bad enough. You and him should be able to, you know, put some of this stuff behind you, put a period behind this and move on. You know, this is kind of childish as far as I'm concerned. I could never see me or any of my teammates going through any mess like this. But, hey, it said it all started when Shockey, um, they said Sap says that Shockey started a whole whole Bounty Gate thing. He released that story. He leaked that story when he was with the New Orleans Saints. Shocky says that's a lie. That's a blatant lie. And Sap should have never started no mess like that. And I believe Shocky. I don't believe he did anything like that. I just don't, I, you know, I don't, th- I don't believe he did. I saw the guy at our reunion recently about a month ago. He was at the Hurricane reunion. Uh, 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 not like Sap, who was not there. Uh, Warren, come to the reunions. We see you maybe once every 10 years. And hey, let's don't let, I'm, I'm not giving uh, Jeremy Shockey a, a great pass either. But uh, he was at the last reunion, and we can only judge you by your last performance. And Shockey, you were at our last reunion. And we give you part, we give you kudos for that. You took some time out of your schedule to be a part of us, and we appreciate it. But let's get back to this, this, this Warren Sapp, Jeremy Shockey. Hey, um, Shockey. If someone sends you mail to your house and it's not yours, you should return the sender. You know, just put it back in the mailbox and you can even put a little note on it. This is not my mail. Return the sender. But you don't open it up and put it out on the Internet so everybody can see it. Now, come on. Come on. Come on, Shockey. You, you're wrong for that. And then Shockey has a nerd that says, uh, damn, Sap. How they going to send your mail to one of my apartments? Handle your business big time. And then he says, I guess sticking it, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess strictly with your soft ha-ha. Oh, so, hey, um, I, I'm, I'm just saying, man. Jeremy, you could have left it alone. You could have left it alone. And please, please leave this alone. And you know, what we don't understand, guys, ladies and gentlemen, is that once we put something out there, once we put a picture of someone out there or something out there, it's there forever. You know, there is no, there is no taking it back. You know, and although Shockey, he took this down in, in, in Leicester, I think it, it, may have was up there, it may have been up there for maybe an hour, five minutes, ten minutes, doesn't matter. He took it down, but guess what? Someone else took a, sta- a snapshot of this, and sure enough, it's Warren Sapp's bankruptcy papers, or what's something that appears to be Warren Sapp's bankruptcy papers. And I think this is just wrong on a lot of levels, uh, Shaki. You could you could have done you could have done a little better than this. Uh, I, I I I you know we give you a, a kudos for coming to the reunion, but um you know don't 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 kick a man when he's down, you know. And at the same time, um. Let's 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 talk about old buddy Warren Sapp because you know Sapp is big time. Let's don't get it twisted. Hey, you know as much as we don't want to give him credit, Sapp is 
big time. And I really think um, he's going to get his finances together again and and uh, get himself out of some of the situations that um, that that he's been in. And and I, I you know because he's a smart man, I I really think um, I think Sap is going to get his act together. You know, and Sap did get a bit a bit of good news um, not long ago. Um, he just got Sap was just got off of probation. You know, um, you know they say you go to Lauderdale on vacation, you leave on on probation. It's almost that same scenario with um, when you when you go to Vegas. You know, we have a lot of people that get in trouble in Las Vegas, and 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 Warren Sapp is no different. You know, he went to Vegas and 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 it, and it caught up with him. You know, and so, uh, but Warren Sapp just got off probation. From the situation that he was involved in with the with the prostitute, and then he was involved, and he almost almost didn't make it out off off the probation because um, the situation happened is Sat was on probation and he had to take a count a domestic violence counsel, counseling class. We took the domestic violence counseling class, and then you look up and he's in trouble again. But he said he had completed the class before. He he was put on probation, so he ended up getting off on that. But Sap, be careful, man. Really, watch yourself out there, Sap. This is a this is a you know you already got a red flag on you because you big. Let's don't get it. Let's don't get it twisted. And you already got another red flag on because you loud. Let's don't get it twisted. You know, and let's don't get it twisted, Sap. A lot of people want to see you. You know, that's a red flag, too. So you can't hide. People recognize you, and they want to see you. They want to say hello to you. They think you're a big old friendly guy. And in a lot of cases, you are a big old friendly guy. And these people want to see you, spend time with you, hang out with you. So, hey, let's don't, 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 deprive, the, don't, be, don't deprive your fans of that because that's what they want. They want to hang out with you, see you, spend a little time with you, and they... And it's time for you to soften up a lot, Sap, a whole lot. I mean, it's just really time for you to soften up, man. I mean, take the and, and, and be more incognito. You know, I don't I'm not telling you to, to do a Chris Carter where you have a fall guy, but hey, you gotta have a more discreet life, you know. Take it easy. Be a more a little a little more private, uh, partner. You know. Hey, Peyton Manning says he wants to be a coach. Now, Archie Manning continues to fight off these conversations that Peyton Manning is not coming back to the NFL this year. Now, hey, you know, he says he's retired. I'd like to say he's retired, but hey, Peyton Manning is going to go in the Hall of Fame in five years. So is he going to put it off another year if someone comes calling and he starts to say, hey, man, I feel like I'm 35 years old or I feel like I'm 31 years old. Will we see Peyton Manning come back to the NFL? I'm not so sure. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But Peyton Manning, there's a story out that says he wants to become a coach uh, at Tennessee, the University of Tennessee. Now, Peyton Manning, if he comes back and be a coach at the University of Tennessee, uh, that would mean they would lose their head coach, or does he want to come back and be a position coach at the University of Tennessee? Hey, we got a call on the line. Ronnie, what's going on? Hey, Daryl, how you doing, man? Hey. <laughs> I, hey, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about Warren and, uh, and Shockey, and, and it's shocking, shocking to hear that. that it is shocking you know, to hear that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, no how, pun intended. But, how but, far the know. Internet has, has made us fall? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, this kind of thing, all I can say to Jeremy is that, you know, uh, there's an old saying that uh, people that live in glass houses, and throw stones so hey you know so we all sometimes we stumble and uh sometimes we fall but you know the thing is we, we don't want to get to the point where we start stepping on other people to lift ourselves up because then you setting yourself up for an ultimate fall you know so i hope he understands that and i hope that he more or less um uh goes to uh warren and and ask his forgiveness because that that's something that we're supposed to build each other up and and not tear each other down. And then, you know, we're all we're all on the in the same family. We're Canes, and it's supposed to be a Cane thing. And the world ain't got nothing else to do about that. That's supposed to be between keep it between the lines, as they would say. Uh, exactly. The hash marks. <laughs> keep it keep it in the family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, don't you don't don't air out your dirty laundry. But you know, we you know, I've been talking to a bunch of the guys at night. We've been texting back and forth about who were some of the great, greatest canes in their positions and all. And uh, uh, quite a few of the guys are going to call you. You told me they were going to call in. I expected to hear them on the line now because uh, I got off the phone with Eddie Edwards and uh, and uh, Chris Hobbs and all these guys, and they they were very much interested in uh, participating in your show tonight. So I didn't want to hold it up. I said, well, if they're going to call in, I'm not going. Stay on the phone too long because all of them got something they want to talk about. So, well, Ronnie, uh, let's talk about this. You know, I I, I talked to Chris earlier, and I'm sure he's gonna call. But I really we we talking about two of the greatest canes of all time in their position. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play at the University of Miami. You'd that, have to put Warren Sapp arguably, up there with arguably that's true with with Cortez Kennedy, Jerome Brown. And and any any, any other body anybody else you yeah. could think of that was a dominant defensive lineman at the University of Miami? Uh huh. Well, you know, like I said, it's a sad commentary when we start turning on one another like that, you know. And um, and and I just if Shockey's listening, I I like him to know that you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know when you do these type of things to people, uh, it, it really does not shine a good light on you as a person. It tells a little bit about you, you know, and um, it's for all the great things that you've done and all the accolades that you may have, uh, uh, you know, have gained over the years through your athleticism and your abilities, you you know, you can lose a tremendous amount of respect from people when you do things like this. And so you just have to prepare yourself that this is what, you know, what you're doing because we, we all understand Warren Sapp has had some trials and tribulations, but we, but show me a man that hasn't. And if you can show me a man that doesn't have problems, I'll show you a dead man. So uh, uh, yeah. uh, a man that that's not a man. If he had never exactly. had no problem, he's not a man. Exactly. You know, mean, he's still all, a child trying to get there. You know what I mean? All right. We all have demons. I mean, oh man, hey, things that we deal with. So let, let's not. You know, this is something we just don't want to do and. And I and I strongly advise others to, you know, as opposed to, uh, like you said, kicking a man when he's down, you know, you try to lift him up. 
Yeah, that's what we, are. We, we, we you know we should be our brother's keepers. Exactly. You know? They're not our brother's destroyers. We, you know, we, there's enough things forces out there working against us than to have each other in the brotherhood. And I do call it a brotherhood. I think that what we have within the University of Miami Hurricane family is uh, very close to, if not being uh, what what you could call a serious brotherhood, where where we don't look at color. We don't look at race, religion, creed. None of, none of that matters because we all took part in something that was uh, very unique, and um, I, and I and I can appreciate the, the the camaraderie that we developed over the years between the old canes and the new canes. So you know we don't want to destroy that. You know, and and this is the type of thing that can put uh, you know cause divisiveness among the family. Would you agree? I, I would agree wholeheartedly, totally with what you're saying. And, um, you know, and, and, and let's look at Sap. You know, he's an easy target, man. Sap is, you know, we all knew he had some money problems. But then he was um, he was arrested for, for prostitution. And then shortly after that, he was arrested for, uh, uh, for domestic violence. And, um, you know, but when we look at it, he's officially off probation. You know, I think it was a couple of days ago to put everything he was off. He got a six-month probation. He did his six-month probation. He went through some counseling. He's done his counseling. And and we and when you look at it, Sapp was one of the best commentators on the NFL Network when he worked with them. And the only reason he lost his job is because of this stuff that he went through out in um in, in Arizona and out in, in, in Vegas. You know, and when we look at some of the best Canes that ever played a game, one of the best receivers to ever play at the University of Miami. Went through more trials and tribulation probably than any receiver in the history of the game. But when you look at him, you don't really think about what he's been through. You look at the man that we see. And that's Michael Irvin, man. You know, um, hey, Michael Irvin was, was what, busted with cocaine and prostitutes in the room with him. But, hey, that didn't slow him down. And I hope that – I hope that um, – that Warren Sapp can well, see. It's, it's something. It's called, you know, when you repent, when you turn mm-hmm. away from a, 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 a certain lifestyle or attitude and, and you turn your life and go in that opposite direction, then people are willing to forgive you. You know, and Michael Irvin, people were willing to forgive him. Kobe Bryant, people were willing to forgive him. You know, you can go down the line. But you, it starts with you. And, uh, it, and we have to... Uh, extend a uh, hand to let people know we are willing to forgive them, and right. and uh, in the case of of uh, of uh, <clears throat> Warren, uh, I think people are willing to forgive Warren, and uh, it, you know, so people are willing to forgive if we will allow them to. Now, what Jeremy has done is, you know, he's opened a wound back up, and <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and that sometimes that makes it harder for some people to. Uh, to, to want to extend that hand of forgiveness. Uh, and it, because a lot of people don't, it, a lot of people may not have been aware of this uh, situation with Warren Sapp. So he, you know, he just opened that book up again. And, and, and in the long run, well, you know, something I believe in what people call it karma, but it really isn't. What goes around does come around. So, you know, so we don't, <laughs> no good deed goes uh, un- unrewarded and, and likewise. So, uh, so you know, <clears throat> let's just um, try not to put too much focus on the on the uh, event. 
but put more focus on the, the fact that the per- person that we're talking about is a human being, and he, and he needs us to, to help him go through what he's going through and support him. And that goes for anybody, your family members, anybody. When people are having struggles, you know, you're quick to condemn them. But the truth, you know, we, we should be quick to extend a hand to try to help them. Go ahead, buddy. I could have said it better myself, brother. You know, and I guess that's what kind of bothers me uh, a little bit with this whole thing with Shockey and Sap. We're family no matter what, you know, and um, and, and if anybody were to do anything, we would hope that the family would be the ones that step in and, and pick you up not the ones that step down on you or push you down when you're trying to come up. So I, I, I kind of, I, I, I really kind of look at Shaki as a, uh, like you say, man, you really have to be careful because what goes around yeah, comes around. In, in closing, I'm going to say this, that even in the case of Shaki, you and I, even though we feel bad for Warren as to have this happen, this can of worms be opened up again, let, we, we have to let Shaki know, too, that we don't hold it against him either. That man, you know, we, you know, you made a mistake this time, but what we want you to understand is, you didn't just hurt one person; you hurt a lot of people. Right. And, and, and exactly. We, we're not gonna, we're not gonna hold it against you because he has a family. He has people that love him, like you and me, and and, and all K Nation. So no. let 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 him know. Let Jeremy know. Listen, man, you know, uh, this is something. Put your arm around Jeremy and tell him, hey, brother. You know, we we know you, you made a mistake this time, but these are the type of mistakes we want to avoid. Hey, Ronnie, we got to take a quick commercial break, man, but don't Thank be a stranger. You. Give us a call anytime here Always, on the Sports man. Info, you on radio show. We're here every Monday night from 8 to 9. Hey, guys, we'll be back right after these messages. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
We're headed in unexplored territory this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav as we chase wild game in uncharted country. So tag along with us as we explore the remote corners of the U.S. in search of the most pristine hunting grounds. Joining us on our epic voyage will be Steve West of the Adventure Series and Steve's Outdoor Adventures and Mike Scobie of Peterson's Hunting Adventures and Border to Border. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we just had Ronnie Walker online giving us his opinion about the Jeremy Shockey um, and and Warren Sapp situation. And, you know, we're talking about two guys that are, you know, legends in the world at the University of Miami. You know, these guys walk on the field or walk in the presence of Hurricane fans, and they just get bombarded with people that want their autographs, want to talk to them. And it's just not, it's not a good look for either one of them, and it's not going to help, help them at all. So let's get past this, guys. And uh, let's move on because there's a whole lot of good football we're expecting this year with Coach Mark Rick, our new head football coach, and we don't need any distractions. And I mean any distractions, um, not from not from Shockey, not from Sap. We need support. We need them to be there and encouraging and letting all these young guys know how much we love them and care about them. And hey. Let's get a job done. That's what we need. We don't need this mess, but, you know, it's friction, man. We don't, we don't need conflict. We don't need friction. We need support. Let's get it right. Guys, we were just talking about, um, you know, Peyton Manning. Says he wants to be a coach. I'm not so sure about that. I just don't see Peyton Manning being a um, being a, a coach. I, I I can't see that. I, I He's, you know, he's bigger than anything in Tennessee, without a doubt. Um, I could see him owning a franchise, maybe the Titans someday, and uh, maybe this whole thing about being a coach is just a, a smokescreen for us to, for him to come out in a couple days or a couple weeks and say, hey, I'm making efforts to buy the Tennessee Titans next year. So I just don't, just, just don't, just don't get that. And speaking of the Tennessee Titans, uh, Zach Mattenberg, they cut him. I, I was I was a bit surprised, you know. He was a late round pick for them. A kid came out of LSU, and he was another kid that probably would have um, went high in the draft if he hadn't hadn't failed a drug test and gone through situations like that. But he never really panned out in the NFL. I don't know. He hasn't panned out. I, don't, I say he hasn't because um, you're talking about a kid who's only been in the league for two seasons, and he's only and he's never won a game. That hurts your cause. I think as a backup quarterback, because you got to have some victories on your, on your, on your resume to be a good backup quarterback. You're just a guy if you don't have any wins. And right now he's 0 10, is his NFL record. Zach Mettenberg, and um, he started, and and you know he started 10 games in the league, and he's 0 10. 
14 interceptions, and 12 touchdowns in two seasons. Well, we got to understand that um, Mariota, the Heisman Trophy winner, and last year's Rookie of the Year, not Rookie of the Year, I think that went to Jameis Winston, but um, a rookie last year, I really think Tennessee is putting all their eggs in his basket, and they're expecting him to do some big things this year. So I guess they they found that uh, Mettenberg was disposable. Well, Mettenberg has two more years on his contract, and he, he's making less than $2 million in those two years. So he's an easy pickup for somebody. And I always thought he had a pretty good arm. Um, I thought he had some problems with his legs coming out of college, knee problems. But um, a couple of years on the bench has probably gotten him a lot healthier, a little bit bigger, stronger. So I, I, I expect him to be on somebody's roster. And I, I someday uh, expect um, Zach Mettenberg. And because I followed this kid in college from LSU, I, I kind of have a, not a soft spot for him, but a following spot for him. Um, I really think that this guy, this guy is going to um, – Someday have his first victory in the NFL, and it's probably going to come in uh, 2017, 2016, 2017. Hey, we got Chris Hobbs on the line. Chris, what's going on? Hey, Daryl, how you doing, man? Hey, doing great, man. Chris Hobbs, University of Miami graduate, class of 1981. 81, 81. There you go. 1981. Yeah, played with Jim Kelly and Coach Mark Rick. Chris, I was at a function a couple of weeks ago in Jacksonville, Florida, and um. Mark Rick was there. The athletic director was there. I had a chance to get up close and close um, with Mark, talk to him on a one-on-one because it wasn't like at the reunion last month where it was 300 of us. It was only about maybe 100 people or less at this event. And so I um, had a chance to talk to Mark. He said, hey, things are changing and uh, expect some good things this year. Yeah, you know, it's always good when you got somebody who, who knows the program, knows the people, and have a little bit more at stake with it. You know, he's invested as a former player. So I think that that in itself is going to allow him to get the, the players a little more motivated, a little more excited, and hopefully we get some better results from this year. But you also need to let your audience know that I was almost personally responsible for getting you to the University of Miami <laughs> when you came down there. So I have that claim to fame. I can um, broadcast over the airwaves. Hey, thanks, Chris. You got me off the plane, man. I tell that story to people. I was like, I came to Miami and I got off the plane. I had a big old leather coat. And Chris was like, man, aren't you coming from Florida? And I was like, man, it's cold where I came from. And it, it was like 20 degrees where I, when I left home that day. And I got to Miami and it was like 77 degrees and it was so sunny. And I knew right away where I was coming. When I, the moment I got off the plane, Chris, I knew where I wanted to go to school. Well, you know, you you tell that story to some people, and they may not believe it, but if you've been in that position and, and being a former University of Miami uh, alumnus and player, you can identify that when you get there, you just some say, this is the place I want to be. So I think everybody have, have had that sensation, and, and, and you having it just um, basically acknowledges that that's what happens when people go down there and get that feeling, and that's why it's such a strong class and such a strong alumni, man. Everybody just feels right at home. I, I like to refer to it as an unofficial gang, sort of. You know, once you're in, you never get out. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and, it, and it gets bigger and, and a whole lot more fun, too, as you get older. I guess you learn to appreciate it, even the little things, from a, from a T-shirt to a keychain as you get yeah. older. You know, and yeah. a lot of those things we just really took for granted when we were younger. 
And, and, and I think that's what Mark Rick is going to really do for the product. I think he's he's going to get people to buy into that again because I think with the you know fall off of the program the last few years, I think that was lost. But based on what I see right now, I mean everybody's really excited. So I, I'm, I'm going to have my UM hat, shirt, shoes, <laughs> underwear, and everything else starting next year. So we'll see what happens. And if we start, uh, with that, that's cool. I, I I gave him two or three years to get the program back where where it should be back up there with the so-called powerhouses, Alabama and all of them so-called powerhouses anyway. So we'll see. You know, uh, there's a story out today at, uh, that uh, Jeremy Shockey and um, and Warren Sapp are going at it. And, Sapp, and, and, and Shockey says that Sapp's uh, bankruptcy papers were sent to his apartment, one of his apartments. And Shockey I had the nerve to take a picture of these bankruptcy papers open them, take a picture of them, and post them on, on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, on the Internet. And I just thought what? that was so wrong on so many levels, you know, because it's against the law to open someone else's mail, for, for one thing. And, uh, you know, we were, I, I, I saw this on earlier, that the message that you guys were talking about, some of the greatest canes ever. And we're talking about two of the greatest University of Miami football players to ever lace up a pair of um, Cleeks, man. Jeremy Shockey at tight end went on to have a illustrious Pro Bowl career. Uh, and Warren Sapp went on to have a Hall of Fame career um, at at uh, at um, Tampa Bay. So wow. it's just kind of kind of bad, and it's a, it's an ugly look to see these two guys um, going that's, at it like that. That's disheartening, man. That's like calling out a family member in the public. You know, you you keep that kind of stuff. Whether, and, and there are players that you played against and players that you knew that you may not have, have had the best relationship. But the fact that you both wore the same uniform publicly is enough for you to not even go there. Because, you know, apparently if Shaka did that, yeah, he may have some people that might think it's cute or whatever. But the vast majority of his old teammates who know how the alumni is and know how the, the foundation of the brotherhood is, they're not going to appreciate it. And that's something that's going to take a long time for him to get past. You just, yeah. I mean, like I say, legal, the legal part of it is, is definitely a factor. But, I mean, come on, man. There, there's no benefit to that other than you just trying to make the guy look bad and put his business out there. Like that's, I didn't hear about that story. Yeah, that's out today. And that's, you know, that's all that could be is just uh, kicking a man when he's down. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You know, it's, it's right. just no place for that. In, in any kind of family. And, um, and I'd like to think that the guys that played in the 40s and the 50s all the way up to 2015, we're, we're all a family. And that team that's on right. the field right now, they're part of the family they're as well. Kids. You know yeah, what I mean? Kids on the, yeah, there's right. kids so, a lot. But, but the, the, I guess the fortunate part about that is, even though Jeremy, if he did, and, and I'm hoping that he didn't do that, but, you know, I guess you got to confirm the story. But... The, the fact that he did that, what his intentions were, probably was to make Juan look bad. But in essence, anybody who has any common sense and decency are going to look at Juan as the victim and look at Jeremy as, as the culprit here. You know, so his intentions ultimately backfired because, you know, everybody's had problems, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. For him to go ahead and do that, man, that's just... That makes Jeremy look like his character is the one to be questioned more than more than ours. Warrants. That's amazing. I, I agree totally. You know, and That's and, and it, that is amazing. And it's almost like 
it's like a jaw dropper. I mean, wow. When I saw that, I was like, wow. You know, and if anything, he was, it was a great opportunity right there for Shockey to, 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 um, to build some fences with Warren Sapp. You know what I mean? Hey, man, some of your papers came to my house, and uh, I wanted to send them to you. Here it is right here. That could have went a long way. Yeah. But this right yeah. here actually mm-hmm. went a long way in the opposite direction. Oh, I'll, I don't know if this ever, I don't know if it ever come back, as they say, because, I mean, there's certain things that, what they call unforgivable sins, and um, that's, that's right up there with it, you know, because it's clearly what his intentions were. And when it's one thing if you're trying to, to, to make a point, but when you want to bring it out to the public like that, you know, the whole Twitter thing, man, is, is, is not meant for that. It's not meant, the, that social media is not meant for things like that to be put out there, harmful things. And that's what Jeremy used it for. If indeed, I'm still trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. If indeed he did do that. Well, um, you know, and he and what's so crazy is that he pulled it real quick. But you know, once you put that stuff out there, man, it's 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 out there because someone's taking a picture of it and they're gonna repost it. You know, and it's, it's 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 not a good look, Chris. But um, that's the world we live in, man. And it's almost, you know, I, I hate to think of it as bullying, but I guess that's almost what it is. And I I I think sometimes when I, when you hear people say cyberbullying, my child was cyberbullied. I hear that on television from time to time, and I'm almost like, well, hey, just get off the internet. Or don't go to the to the Facebook or whatever it is that you're being bullied. But yeah. you know. This, on the other hand, these are two popular people in America, you know, right. and, and, and when they say things, everybody listen. This is not little Johnny from across the street calling Eric from down the street uh, a, a, a softy, you know what I mean? These are words that people around America, people, football fans around the world are looking at this and listening to it. Yeah, but, but I'm going I'm to I'm say, I'm going to add this and I'm going to let you go. I, I, I will say... I do think it may actually play into Warren's favor because, like I say, the fact that this was done, they're going to look at him as more of a victim and sympathetic from his standpoint than to look at him in a shameful manner. And with that being the whole issue of what he's going through financially or whatever the case may be, it's a moot point. It's more about what Jeremy did, you know, putting his business out there. So, you know, Warren may actually end up with the sympathy, sympathy card versus, you know, the embarrassment card. That's, that's my take on it. So. And you could be right. And, and, I, and I hope you're right. Because, you know, uh, like I told Ronnie, one of our earlier callers, that Warren Sapp was one of the best spokesmen for the NFL Network when he sat in that chair. I mean, he spoke well. He knew what he was talking about. You know, he was he was on point on pretty much everything. And um, and he was one of the lead guys on, on that show. So I think this may may help him to get back into uh, into television and, um, and, and get his life back on track. And the victim is maybe what Sapp needs because he's always been, um, you know, more or less a perpetrator and, and more or less a person that's that's throwing the venom and not the person that's receiving. So you, I, this, you might be right, Chris, and I hope you're right. I hope that this, um, this helps um, Sapp's case and it, it shows a softer side of him. And maybe he can come back and play, play the victim role a little bit. And uh, we'll see a different side. 
Well, you know, sometimes we all need to be humble, and this this series of events that he's going through, either he's going to be smart from it and learn from it, or it's going to destroy him. And hopefully, he's smart enough to figure out that he can learn from it. So that's the, that's what I hope and pray for him because he is his intentions. He's a pretty decent guy, so. Hey, Chris, we got to get out of here. But who's your greatest hurricane of all time? Now, tell me this. Who is it? Uh, my greatest hurricane, I would say Otis Anderson. Otis Anderson. O.J. Anderson. Anderson. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. I would one. say Otis Anderson. That's yeah. a, and, and, and a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he, he backs your, he backs your, he's backs your number one hurricane up with a Super Bowl MVP. It's hard to deny that, man. Yeah, yeah, he's right up there, and, and like I said, he played and was fantastic when we were still in the midst of, of becoming a pretty good program, so yeah. I would say Otis Anderson is the greatest hurricane that I know. Next, um, Darren Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, we got to take a quick right, commercial break, man, but we'll holler at you anytime okay. on the Sports Info you, radio Thanks. show. It's always good. Hey, guys, we got Mike Rodriguez calling us, and we'll be back talking to him from the 1978 to 81 class. We'll holler at your mic on the other end. Peace. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. 
And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey guys, we got Mike Rodriguez on the line. 1978 to 1981, University of Miami alumnus, and he played with Mark Rick for three years, and uh, and he played with Jim Kelly for three years. Mike, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Well, I really appreciate you having me on, Daryl. I mean, it's just exciting to see a, a former Kane who has their uh, finger on the pulse of the University of Miami and knows what's going on, so I'm hoping to learn from you. Uh, about the program, but I do know a little bit about Mark and uh, Coach Rick. Uh, had some really nice opportunity for 15 years up here in Tallahassee to spend a tremendous amount of time together, and I feel like the University of Miami is going to do real well with him, and we're very blessed to have him down there. Oh, we're very blessed to have him down there. You know, I, I was just at a, I was just telling um, Chris Hobbs earlier in the show that I was at a, um, a University of Miami alumni function over in Jacksonville, um, two weeks ago, and Mark was there, and the athletic director was there, and it was only about maybe a hundred people. But I had an opportunity to get you know up and close, personal with Mark, talk to him a little while, and uh, he's really excited. He says we got a real good thing going. The kids are working hard, and uh, and from what I hear, um, the kids are working hard, and uh, and and Mark is a, a real disciplinarian, and this team needs some discipline. Um, he's already um, suspended one of our star players. Uh, I think that was a big, bold move, but I know it sent a good message and the right message, uh, and it was the right thing. And I'm not so sure if he's going to let the kid come back. I haven't heard anything yet, but um, but we'll, we'll see. And, and we're expecting big things. Well, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions, and I spent, like I said, uh, our, our families uh, were intertwined and the kids growing up and just a tremendous amount of time together here. But I'll tell you one of the biggest misconceptions about, about Mark is that he is a, yes, he's a faithful guy. Yes, he loves his kids. Yes, he, all of those things, but he is a disciplinarian. He really believes and he's, he's hard-nosed. He expects a lot out of, the, uh, out of the guys playing for him. And sometimes, you know, you may think, well, is he going to be tough? He's a very tough guy. And, and I tell you what, when, when Mark Rick came to the University of Miami, he was the recruit. Not Jim Kelly. It was Mark Rick. He was the 4A All-State quarterback, and he was the guy that I saw many, many times put his feet down in the pocket with under a fierce rush and would take on anybody and make a throw. So I mean, he's a very tough guy. He just sometimes comes across as this likable guy that's, you know, that's a, that's a Christian and, and, and wants the best for everybody. But he's got that, plus he's got the tough side as well. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, you were saying earlier when we were off the air that um, you were in Tallahassee when Mark was in at Florida State. And so I, I, I guess you really had a chance to be up and close and being there right around the program in Florida State while you are in Tallahassee and you and Mark being um, teammates from Miami. I'm sure he got some nice, good free tickets to go to see him play, see um, um, Florida State play uh, up there at Dope Campbell Stadium. So, uh, how was that relationship? Seeing him the grow from. Was, it, you know, Mark and I competed when we were at the University of Miami. Uh, I was a quarterback, Jim was a quarterback, and, and Mark. And so, uh, Mark and Jim both went through a redshirt, and I was involved in playing in my freshman year, my true freshman year, and my sophomore year, and then my junior year, I stayed at quarterback, and I finally moved to receiver my last year. But the relationship up here completely transformed. We became men, we became fathers. Uh, Mark and I spent many, 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 many hours talking football. He would go away and do some camps, and he would come back, and we would talk X's and O's. We had a tremendous relationship, 
everything was legal. I didn't need any tickets from him, but I had an opportunity to go into the office with him. I knew all the coaches. We had a great opportunity to be able to, you know, continue to learn and grow from a football standpoint. It was a great experience because Florida State went through an amazing period of time at the same exact time that, that my alma mater, where my love was, the University of Miami, we watched both those programs. They were Goliaths when they were playing each other, and it was amazing football up there in Dope Campbell. I can only imagine, and it was some amazing football between those two programs. And Mark Rick was yeah. right in the mix of all of that. And, uh, and, and not only was he in the mix, he was a part of the mixture. It was his finger that was stirring the pot in Tallahassee at that time. And, uh, I mean, when you talk about some of the best teams University of Miami has ever had, Mark Rick was probably some of the second-best teams in the nation at that time, only behind Miami. In some cases, he was ahead of them. Well, it was very tight. If you look at the athletes, I mean, gosh, a who's who on both squads. And I remember, I just it was it was amazing. And then, of course, there was so much excitement. Uh, so many of the uh, University of Miami guys, whether it be Bailey and um, Barbarino, and a lot of the guys that were teammates of both Mark and myself, we would all meet and be over at Mark's house on Friday night, and we'd all visit and talk, and and then it was war the next day. You know, and it was tough for me because I had a tremendous allegiance and still do, and always will to the University of Miami. But Mark was my very best friend, and I, I really wanted him to do well. But, man, those games were Donnybrooks. It was amazing the athletes who were on the field. Yeah, you're right, man. It, 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 you're, you're right. So, you know, when we look at Mark, you know, you there, we're Darryl? so – Yeah, I'm here. Well, hey, I'm sorry. We, we lost uh, Mike Rodriguez. And Mike started out as a quarterback at the University of Miami, and uh, he played with um, – univer- with. Mark Rick and Jim Kelly. Mark Rod- Mike Rodriguez turned out to be a really good wide receiver at the University of Miami. When you know when when Jim Kelly is the quarterback, um, sometimes we try to find other positions, and he turned out to be a really good um, um, wide receiver at the University of Miami. And yeah, we are really expecting a lot of big things from um, from from Mark Rick at the University of Miami. Um, I just, you know, everybody I talk to, they just really excited. You know, I, I talked to um, um, Doug McFadden today, and he was telling me he's getting ready for the season. And Doug don't talk about the season. As a matter of fact, he's one of those guys that said he wasn't going back until they won a big bowl game. So anyway, Doug says he's coming back. And we got Mike back. What's going on, Mike? Sorry about that. Hey. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I talked and mentioned those big, uh, big animals from up in North Florida that that we continuously thump down, and and you just said, hey, no more Seminole talk. Get them off the get them off the radio. <laughs> no, that's not the case. Our, our show is out of Arizona. Those guys don't even really pay attention to Florida football. We must have had a little technical difficulty, but um, I really think that you know, I really think that Miami and Florida State. The game is going to be in Miami this year. It's going to be a big game. I'm super excited. I know um, everybody in Tallahassee, some of those guys may not know about Mark Rick, but the fans in Tallahassee, they know and appreciate Mark Rick. So it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a big game. Ah, looking forward to it. I'm sure you're going to be it's there this year. You, oh, yeah. I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because it is the fans that remember the coaches from back, you know, and, you know, that he was here 15 years ago. So, you know, the fans are very well aware of, of him, whereas, uh, you know, 
these younger players, you know, they, they connect him to Georgia. So it'll be a great opportunity, a great atmosphere. We need Miami to come in here and, uh, you know, for Florida State comes down, I believe. Wait, is that, is it Tallahassee or down in Miami? No, we're, we're in, um, we're in Miami this year. Last year they beat okay, us in great. Tallahassee. Yeah. And yeah, so we're, we're excited about this. And, um, I, I really think that, um, you know, with, with Mark's, I think we lose, some people really have lost track of his quarterback expertise, his offensive coordinating skills expertise, and some of the, and, and you know, when we look at, um, at some of the offense coordinators now that are in the NFL and around college football, they came from, um, from under Mark Rick's tutelage. So, hey, this, we're, we're, we got to be just jumping in our shoes so excited about Mark Rick being a part of University of Miami and all the knowledge and the know-how he's bringing back to the fold. Man, I'm really excited. Well, I wanted to say one thing about that. When I was down for the alumni reunion, Brad Kay walked by. He was the first person that I saw when I got back on campus. It was prior to that alumni meeting that night and I asked him a few questions. I just said, Hey, how are you enjoying Coach Rick? And he says, Well, he said, It's football. He said, You can dress it up in many different ways, but it's still football. And you know, that was a very insightful statement. Now there are ways to attack and I'm sure Mark's not out there trying to scheme against the defense. But the point is it really comes down to execution. And you want to have a high, high demand for high high level execution. And But Mark has a tendency to be able to get in the flow of the games and do a wonderful job, but it's, those, it's the time you spend on the field. It's talking to the quarterback and telling him what you think and how you want him to proceed or progress in the, in the uh, uh, reading the defense or in the time on, in the film room. There's a lot of coaching and teaching and a lot of benefit that can come from that, from Mark's experience. Now, he's really, really thrilled. I actually sat for about an hour in his office after that alumni meeting and and we talked football, and we watched, you know, we watched a little bit of the film, and he's very excited about being in the mix on a daily basis, practice by practice. Got to love I do. Hey, hey, I got to say one thing. I got to hear you say, you, you asked uh, Chris Hobbs, who was the greatest cane of all time. Well, you, you know, that, 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 qu- that question is coming to you. You know what? But um, um, before I get there, I just want to make this statement. You know, when I look at Mark and I think about him, you know, this is a guy that, that worked under Bobby Bowden, Coach Howard Snellenberger, and Vince Dooley hired him. Now, it's no two, three bigger names in college football than them three guys. And I mean, if, if, if he didn't, if, if, if he brings all of that back home to us, University of Miami, wow. Where could we be? Hey, but Mike Rodriguez, before we let you go, and we only got a few minutes in the show, who is the greatest University of Miami Hurricane football of all time, in your opinion? Well, I'm going to, it's a little bit of a homer. I would say a lot of a homer. But the fact of the matter is, cumulatively, when you look at the biggest picture, and you look at, when I look and I think of overcoming odds, being a, a positive force for the university and for young people all around this nation to overcome difficulties and persevere and also a tremendously talented athlete. I'll go with my teammate, Jim Kelly, and it's really much, much more than just simply his performance on the field. He played with uh, two receivers that were really slow in his, his, his junior year and could 
we had a really successful passing attack with a with a really great uh, receiver named Larry Brodsky, and I played the other side. So Jim didn't have those all pro, all world uh, receivers to throw to. He was an excellent leader, an excellent passer, very tough guy. I think the toughness gets overplayed a little bit, but he has continued in his adult life after football to be a leader of young men and a leader of men. And I, I would pick him as the greatest all-time hurricane. You know, and it's, it's really impossible for me to go against Jim Kelly because not only did I play one year with Jim Kelly, Every year after I played with Jim Kelly, he came back to the University of Miami or he met us at some bowl game somewhere. He was a he he was like a, an extension of our family. I'll never forget him and Rush came out there one year and said he says, Ollie, you still on this team? Man, I thought you graduated <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling the show, man. We're here every Monday night, 8 to 9 o'clock. It's talking sports, talking University of Miami football. Give us a call. Take care. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to Sports Info UM. Hey, we'll be back. Um, Well, I know we got one minute. There was one more thing I want to share before we go. Oh, my goodness. This is the story that I wanted to share before we go. The last one of the night. Dwight Gooden, a, a heartwarming story, said he never thought he lived this long. But now he's getting ready to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Mets 1986 championship. Hey, man, God bless you, Dwight Gooden. Keep up the good work. And hey, one more shout-out to my homeboy, Darrell Rasher. We miss you. Rest in peace. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.